Praise the Lord. Amen. All right, we'll let you be seated. Amen. Isn't God good? Amen. Praise the Lord. Before we sang, Austin leaned over to me, and he, he's been a bass. And now Calvin's jumping back in, and he's going to tenor, and he turned to me and says, I don't know the tenor part. And I said, neither do I. Let's just sing, man. <laughs> John chapter 21. John chapter 21. I was going to look at something in Romans. It's the third time I've tried to preach something out of that a message that I have, and it just the Lord never lets me do it. So last week, I locked it in my office by accident. And Kevin said, I really think if you didn't preach it the first time, the Lord locked the door the second time, you ought to get the hint. <laughs> so he might be right. John chapter 21. John chapter 21. Lord Jesus Christ has risen from the grave. And now he's appearing again the third time to his disciples. He's appeared to many, but now again to his disciples a third time. And they're at the sea called Tiberias, which is the Sea of Galilee. Lake Gennesaret or the Sea of Tiberias, but it's also called the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee was a wonderful place to visit. And we, uh, one of the wonderful blessings that, that I got when I got to go to Israel was uh, they, they set up a preacher every day to do a devotion or something and and uh, they asked me if I would preach on the Sea of Galilee on a boat. And that's something. That's what Jesus did. What an experience. And so it was such a blessing. But you get on the middle of the Sea of Galilee, and you can look all around you. You can see Capernaum. And you see Cana. And all around, and, and far off, you can actually see Nazareth up in the mountains. But you can see all those sea towns and know that the Lord Jesus Christ had been in all of them. Caesarea Philippi, and just on and on. You just go right around that Sea of Galilee, and you see all those towns. The Lord Jesus Christ had risen from the grave, and he had about to ascend into heaven, but before he did, he met with the disciples. For some reason, they had lost focus of their mission. And Peter woke up one morning and said, I go a fishing. I go a-fishing. Jesus had already told them to leave their nets and he'd make them fishers of men. The Lord Jesus Christ already told them that the Comforter would come and that they would receive the promise of the Father if they would just go to Jerusalem. But I understand the disciples were flesh and blood like you and me. And they just struggled with what was going on. Jesus had died. Yes, he had risen again, but he wasn't there with them day by day. He would appear from time to time. Over 40 days, they would only see him three times, the disciples. And so they were hurting, and they were still wondering about the future. And so they went fishing. The Bible says in verse 1, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon, Peter, and Thomas, called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and the two other disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. 
But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. And Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it in for the multitude of fishes. Isn't it just like Jesus to let you know that even though I'm not going to be here day by day, at least you won't be able to see me. You'll have to live by the Spirit of God. I'm still going to take care of all your needs. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that, that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked and he cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were, 200 cubits, dragging the net with fishes. They couldn't even get it in the boat. As soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid thereon in bread. And Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, 153. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. You know, in the Old Testament, in Isaiah 53, the Bible says about Jesus, there was no form nor comeliness. But now the Lord Jesus Christ had a glorified body. He must have looked so different. The disciples did not recognize him from his face. They recognized him from his power. It wasn't until the nets were drawn in, they didn't even recognize his voice that said, let down your nets on the other side. But when the net filled with fish, John turned to Peter and said, it is the Lord. And Peter threw himself in the water and he swam to shore ahead of the boat. It says, not one of them asked, who art thou? So obviously they didn't recognize his face, but the Lord Jesus Christ had gone from being with no form nor comeliness to now being a glorified Jesus. He looked different. Boy, that gives me hope. We're going to look different in heaven. Our glorified body won't be full of aches and pains or won't be full of disfigurements or the scars and turmoil of this life, but instead will be made incorruptible. We'll be clothed with immortality. Verse 13. Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, you just laid a thought upon my heart a few moments ago, but I pray, Lord, that you would bring it out into a message tonight that would speak to our hearts. It's already speaking to mine. Thank you for the singing that we've shared tonight. Lord, music is such a gift. 
Lord, that we can use to praise you with. Lord, it's been such a blessing to lift up your name. We pray that you've been pleased and honored. Father, we pray, Lord, for the next few moments that the Holy Spirit of God would speak to us through his word. Jesus, here you're speaking to Simon Peter. But we know that all scripture is given by inspiration and is profitable for us. And so though you're speaking to Simon Peter, I pray, Lord, that each one of us would put ourselves in his shoes. That each one of us would examine our lives in the light of this dialogue that goes on between Christ and Peter. Lord, and we must ask ourselves the question, do we love you more than these? Lord, that word these, we could fill in that blank with so many different things. But how is our walk tonight? Where is our level of love for the Lord Jesus Christ? We have sang over and over tonight at Calvary that Jesus saves. Who has felt the nails upon his hands? Lord, over and over we've talked about what you have done for us. That third verse of how great thou art always gets me. And when I think that God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. Lord, we've talked so much, sang so much. But Lord, what's it mean to us? How will we return that love to you? So Father, just pierce our hearts with that single thought tonight. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 14 says, This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples. After that, he was risen from the dead. So when they had dying, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. I was up here while the ladies were singing and I opened my Bible and I just, it just kind of fell open to John 21. I thought, well, maybe I'll just read a little bit for a second and The Lord just spoke to my heart about verse 15. Lovest thou me more than these? I think of that word these, I thought, boy, there's a lot of things I could put in those blanks. I'm assuming that when the Lord Jesus Christ was speaking to Peter, he was referring to the other disciples. Peter, do you love me more than these? The sons of Zebedee were there, James and John, and James, John, and Peter, if we were to look at the 12 disciples and and say that the Lord Jesus Christ spent more time with some than others, it would be those three. 
It was those three that were kind of his inner circle. It was those three that when Jesus went off to pray and and the Mount of Transfiguration, it was those three that witnessed that great night. It was Peter that said, let me, let me build three booths here or three tents and, and we will have one for you and one for Elijah and one for Moses. Let's worship all three. You'll remember Peter, James, and John were there. They spent a lot of time with the Lord Jesus Christ. John was the one that leaned upon Jesus' breast. As a matter of fact, the scripture we read tonight references that very moment. It was these that James, we know, that would eventually become the pastor of the first church of Jerusalem. He would lead those people and help them through that great time of persecution and turmoil. All three of these men would have great ministries for the Lord Jesus Christ. But before their ministries ever started, the Lord Jesus Christ wanted to determine something in their lives. Simon... Lovest thou me more than these? I wonder, we assume that the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking of the other disciples, but I wonder, is he speaking of the fish? A few moments earlier, Peter said, or the night before, I guess, Peter says, I go a-fishing. The Lord Jesus gave them 153 fish. That's a lot of fish. My wife and I went fishing on Monday, and I think we caught about 10 or 11 each. But they were this big. I got a rock bass that was a little bit bigger. Some perch. Some, I caught a little bass, a little smallmouth bass. I caught, you know, I caught a couple gobies. I hate those things. We're talking about fish. The Bible says these fish were so big that the, the, the Holy Spirit thought, I better tell everybody the net didn't break. That's how big these fish were. These were good-sized fish. 153 of them. Think about this. I believe the, the Bible numbers at least five men that got in the boat that night, and they were not strong enough to pull it in the boat. They had to drag it behind the boat as they brought it into shore. This was quite a catch. Peter said, I go a-fishing, and others said, we'll go with you. We'll go fishing too. And then Jesus, the next morning, as they pulled that fish, he says, he said, there was bread and fish upon the fire. And he says, have you any meat? They said, well, well, we got all kinds. He says, bring those fish over here. He says to Peter, do you love me more than these? Maybe he was talking about his love of his livelihood. The love of making the extra dollar Love of fishing. I enjoy fishing. My wife enjoys fishing. She won't take the fish off the hook, but she enjoys fishing. I can't figure it out. She'll put a worm on, but she won't take a fish off. I don't get how that works. But maybe he was talking about that. I don't know. But the point is this. All of us have something we can put in that blank, don't we? Do you love me more than these I see these children in the front row, and I wonder to the parents, do you love Jesus more than them? You see, that's where the rubber meets the road. That's where it gets real serious. Do you love me more than your kids? I I believe with all my heart that every decision we make as a child of God reflects this question. 
If you love Jesus more than your kids, you'll make better decisions for your kids. Every time. Well, I love my kids, so I don't want to push them too much. I don't want to... No, if you love Jesus, you'll, you'll get your kids to Jesus. Because he can love them better than you can. Do you love me more than these? Just, just take a moment in inventory of your life tonight and say... What is it I love more than Jesus? Can we go back in our thing? I, I have an order of service here that lists the songs. We didn't sing some of them. We sang different ones as well. At Calvary, mercy there was great and grace was free and pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Can you take that thing that you love more than Jesus and substitute it into that song and sing about it? We just sang Jesus saves. The ensemble just sang Jesus saves. What if, is it your car that you love more? Buick saves, Buick saves. It sounds silly, but we worship those things just like we think they saved us. Do we love Jesus more than these? Do we love Jesus more than these? Years ago, I was, I guess it was 2010, and we were, my wife and I were traveling, and we were on our way to Africa, and we were preaching in churches and different things, and we came to a, a place in Rochester, New York, and uh, a friend of ours was a missionary there, and he said, listen, uh, a friend of mine in town here uh, wants us to go to this meeting. And he says, they, they do all kinds of things for charitable work around the world. And he says, they're talking about they want to go to Africa and put some wells in some villages and things. And he says, why, why don't we go and we'll meet with these men. And we didn't know, I didn't know what it was. I just, I was along for the ride. I said, yeah, let's go. So I went with my missionary friend and he and I went and he was supposed to get up and speak and and explain the need in Africa. He'd been, as Jim Arnold, he'd been born there and raised there, third generation missionary, and, and uh, just, just kind of paint a picture of the need. And this, this group was looking for a place where they could go and put some wells in. And so he was going to share that burden. Well, we got there, it was a rotary club. I, I don't know if we have those in Candy even. I don't know if we have, do we have those? I think it's similar to like a Lions Club or something else, just a group of men that'll do some, some charity work or what have you. I don't know much about them and, and other than that. But here's what I do know. When we got there, they had a little pamphlet put together, and it was a songbook, and they wanted to sing. And they sang songs just like I just described, but instead of Jesus, they put in the word rotary. You know the song, Oh Christmas Tree? Oh Christmas Tree, Oh Christmas Tree. They sang, Oh Rotary, Oh Rotary. I thought it was the craziest thing I ever heard. They were worshiping that club, singing praises to that club. Brother Arnold leaned over to me and says, this is just crazy. He says, I don't want any part of this. He says, let's do this. He says, Al, I need you to do something. I said, what's that? He goes, we need to pray right now. He said, I don't want to be rude and walk out. He said, my friend asked me to come. He said, but let's pray that they forget all about me. There was two or three other guys who were going to speak about the need in Africa from different perspectives, and this was from a missions perspective. Do you know what happened? They forgot all about him. They completely forgot he was there. And the guy that invited us was upset about it. He gets in the car, I'm so sorry, I'm, I'm just so mad. I invited you to come. He says, hey, we got a free breakfast, we're good. 
We didn't mind at all, but the Lord allowed that. But they worshiped that thing. It was so important to them. What do you love more than Jesus? Here's the thing. It's such an important question. Jesus asked it three times. Peter, do you love me more than these? Sure, Lord. You know I love you. No, no, no. We're not going to be flipping about this, Peter. Peter, lovest thou me more than these? Yeah, Lord, you know I love you. No, no, don't, don't, don't get upset about it. Peter, I need to know. Do you love me? Then he was grieved in his heart. And Peter says something I think significant, or something is said about Peter that I think is significant. Peter says, you know all things. Lord, I can't fool you. It's not something I can play fast and loose with because you know. You know all things and you know that I love you. The Lord knows how much you love him too. But look at this. The Lord tied Peter's service to his love. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me, Peter? Feed my lambs. Peter, I have a job to do, but I have to know this first. Do you love me? Do you love me? More than these. These guys, they're going to fail. I mean, the, the apostles did some great things. But they were still sinners saved by grace. These fish... In a day or two, they're going to stink. They're not going to be worth eating. There's going to be times where you come out here fishing and not catch a thing. And you're going to think that you can just trust in that. No, no, no. Peter, you need to love me. Love me more than these. Because I have a job for you to do. Here's the thing. A lot of times we try to serve the Lord Jesus Christ but we're serving him to impress these. I'm serving Jesus because I love these. I want everybody to look at me. I want everybody to know what I did. Jesus says, quit looking at these and start serving because you love me. Can you take an inventory tonight of two different things? Can you walk and chew gum? First thing we need to inventory in our lives is what is it that we love more than Jesus? And then it needs to be crucified with our flesh. It needs to be put away. We need to give it up. And then look at your area of service. What am I doing for Christ? Am I doing it because I love him? Or am I doing it because I love these? I love the applause. I love the recognition. You might teach Sunday school because you love kids. That's not a good enough reason. You have to do it because you love Jesus. You have to do it because you want to serve 
him. It's not wrong to serve others, but you serve him first. Jesus, others than you. That's the way to spell joy, as the little chorus tells us. But I think it's a solid biblical principle. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added unto you. Seek him first in his righteousness. That's all I got. I don't know how to land this plane. <laughs> I just took off the runway and see where the Lord take us. But inventory your life. Do you love something more than Jesus? Maybe tonight you've got an addiction. By very definition, you love that thing more than Jesus. You need to crucify it. Amen. You need to give it to the Lord. Here's why, because Peter says, Lord, you know all things. There's no sense, I, no sense lying to you. I just need to be upfront and honest, because you can see my heart. I love you. Go and feed my sheep. What are you doing for the Lord? <laughs> can you say tonight, I love Jesus and still do nothing? Hmm. I love Jesus, but I don't want to serve. Do you know when you got saved, God gave you a spiritual gift to be used for his glory? He's, he's not, listen, he's not going to ask you to get up and preach next Sunday. Well, maybe he will. But I don't think he will. I mean, can you imagine if all 120 of you got up to preach? Like, there'd be nobody left in the pew. I'm just saying, but he wants you to serve. And he wants you to serve in accordance with your love. If we serve him, or if we love him, we ought to serve him. You love me, Peter? Then feed my sheep. Let's pray. Father, help us, Lord, tonight. Just take this simple thought. Burn it within our hearts. What could happen if the people of God in Norfolk County would serve Jesus motivated by the love of Christ? If we could truly just fall in love with him and serve him because we love him. Lord, we could turn this world upside down, but our hearts are cold. So I pray that you'd light a fire within us tonight. May the Holy Spirit of God have his perfect work. For the one that hasn't been stirred in a long time, Lord, would your spirit grab a hold of them right now in the name of Jesus Christ. For the one that is sitting and say, I'll get to that one of these days. Lord, would you grab a hold of them tonight? The Bible tells this story and Peter was asked by Jesus Christ if he loved him. He was never asked if he had a Bible college degree. He was never asked if he'd finished a discipleship program. He was never asked how long he'd been in a certain Sunday school class or worked on a bus ministry. He wasn't asked about qualifications. 
He was simply asked, Peter, do you love me? Now get to work. Help us, Lord, to serve and throw out all the excuses, but to serve from a heart of love for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. I was so blessed tonight to sing Jesus Saves. Oh, what a wonderful blessing. And I got saved. There is a river of gladness that flows from Emmanuel's veins. Oh, God, may we just keep singing your praises. But, Lord, we must do more than just praise you. We must love you. And we must serve because of that love. And, Lord Jesus, we'll thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. And If God has spoke to your heart, this altar is open. Please, please, please do business with God.